Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Adam Saffer. I'm going to give you a tough question here. Could you pick a project that you worked on, Adam, that you think is somewhat representative of the type of work that you did to give our young listeners a flavor for what these projects look like on the ground? What are all the moving pieces that you're juggling as you try to implement one of these large projects? Sure. Because my background was more economic-based, economic development, job creation, there was there's many projects in the world funded by various donors, including multilaterals like the UN and the World Bank and the Asian Development Bank and the African Development Bank that focus on trade, on trying to improve the economy. Because if you don't improve the economy, the countries never graduate from the donor world. You know, the idea is the journey to self-reliance. The idea is to work ourselves out of a job and not need to depend on foreign concessionary help. And so trade and and the economy is a big deal. So what we did on one project, which lasted many, many years in South Africa, was called the South Africa International Business Linkages Project, or SABLE. And that was focused on working with small companies that had potential, that wanted to grow, but didn't have the wherewithal, be it finance, be it acumen, be it relationships, et cetera. And they wanted to grow and create jobs. And then this was a part of the time when there was a Mandela had been let out of prison. Mandela had just finished being president when I went there and then Becky had taken over. So it was an exciting transition. And so you had small black businesses and big white businesses and they didn't trust each other for lots of reasons. And so the job was to try to bridge that gap, to try to take the risk out of hiring a small, typically black business to provide something and getting the the black businesses, local businesses to trust and bid on these, knowing in the past that they'd never win anyway, because they had to provide three years of a balance sheet or things they didn't have access to. So the whole job was working with small companies, working with banks, working with big companies and being the honest broker and trying to mitigate the risks each perceived. 
the large companies didn't think the small companies could deliver and the, the small companies didn't think they'd ever get hired by the big companies. And this happens around the world. It's not a black or a white thing. It's an economic difference in using small business and working with the government to procure from small businesses. Same thing goes on in the U.S. And so we would spend our days finding out what the concerns were from the big businesses and the small businesses, bringing them together slowly, first initially, helping them with some funding so they could buy the raw materials, let's say, to deliver the product or to deliver the service. And once the relationship was made and it worked and we made sure it worked, it was sustainable and it grew. And so we would work with one group who uh, cut the grass at some of these big hotels and casinos. They developed into a whole facilities maintenance facilities management company that did transportation, that did landscaping, that did the air conditioning. We worked with a lady who had an idea of taking all of the sheets, these very, very fancy hotels, throw out their sheets at a certain point in time because they wash them all the time. She would get the sheets, she would batik them in her own way, and then she'd sell them at the gift shop and make money that way and recycle those sheets. We worked with a gene manufacturer, I won't mention the name, and they wanted to get into the developing world. And this was happened to be in India. They were a US company and, and everybody in India pretty much has a sewing machine. So, but they can't afford Levi's jeans or Lee jeans or designer jeans. So the company made gene kits where they sent the material all cut to the right size and you sewed them together yourself and they were much cheaper and it opened up a whole new profit center for the textile business and people would just buy their size in a package and sew them at home and have what they wanted. So it's really about being innovative and helping and listening. It's a lot of listening, understanding the context and working to try to achieve tangible and measurable goals of improvement. And that can be from maternal health to distance education to job creation in, in a manufacturing to mining to design and handicrafts. And, you know, you basically manage the project. I think the closest thing to how these things work, it's just a project and you're managing it. There's just a lot of internal and external influences to manage, including your own team, because your own team is often, often comprised of different ethnic groups within the country different languages, although the common language would be English or French typically, and just getting the team to work as, a, as an aligned, collaborative and cooperative unit internally is also part of the job and it's extremely rewarding. Well, you clearly must have done that extremely well. We can see that just in the way that you skyrocketed up in terms of your titles and the various responsibilities that you were given, Adam, what do you think is the best advice you can offer our young listeners about how to be a great leader, how to inspire and build cohesion among multicultural teams? Well, that's a great question. That's a sensational question. It's a difficult one to answer because the context are so different. In the old style of command and control management, which my father and grandfather grew up in, does not work now. And, and quite frankly, I'm, an, I'm almost a dinosaur. So what would work for young people these days might be a little different than from what I'm going to say. Although the U.S. young people are a lot different than the young people in, in South Asia. The cultures are very different. So I think the key to being a good leader is to appreciate the context 
you're in and learn about the context. And yes, you may be the smartest person in the room in terms of academic credentials and your ability to write and articulate, but you're a, a novice in these countries, no matter. I mean, I was in, I've been doing this for a long time and I still learn every day. I make mistakes every day. So the advice I give, and this is in a quote from Asia, and it translates into the strength of the fish is in the water. So what that means to me is you don't have to be a big fish. You don't have to, to be a leader, be the biggest person, the loudest person, the smartest person. What you need to do is understand how to navigate the context, use the water. And to do that, that requires a lot of listening, a lot of learning, a lot of caring, because you want people to understand what they're doing, what's expected of them. Sounds obvious, but that's not always the case. Job descriptions really don't do it. You want people to understand how they work together. So there's a there's a, a, a one team concept of even the person that are doing the accounts payable have the relationship to the people who are working with the companies trying to raise money from the bank who are working with the uh, HR department. Leadership is about empowering and inspiring people in a direction that aligns with their own passions. So again, it's not the biggest or smartest fish. It's understanding the context you're in and learning how to navigate that to get what done, what you need to get done. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.